Hey, and welcome to A Bolder Woman Speaks. I am your host, Liv, and I am super excited about today's show. Listen, I have an amazing guest. I hope you're ready. So listen, I have an amazing guest today, y'all. First of all, thank you for tuning in to A Bolder Woman Speaks. I'm excited about this guest. Can you tell I'm excited about this guest? I hope you can. Uh, thank you for tuning in. If you are watching right now, please make sure you subscribe, make sure you comment, make sure you like, make sure you share, and most of all, make sure you take it all in. Don't rush away too fast. Just sit back and listen and enjoy. Uh, the guest that I have today, listen, her name is Amber Hanley, and she is an amazing woman of God, y'all, an amazing woman of God. She is a clinical chaplain. Okay, she is a makeup artist and an esthetician, and she is a survivor, all right? And when I asked her what made her a bold woman, she says, I think a woman living in her truth makes her bold. She said, I think that her ability to stand on her faith and the promises of God make her bold, and I think advocating for her needs make her bold. So listen, if that does not get you excited, then I don't know what to tell you, but I'm going to bring up our guest. Hi, Amber. Hi. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Thank you so much again for coming on and for just telling, help walking this your testimony out with us. I'm excited to hear about it. Um, I think everybody on the other end will be excited to hear about it and that, you know, there'll be some bondage and some chains broken uh, yes. just for the simple fact of, of you being a survivor, right? Um, <laughs> so without further ado, like I want to, I want to jump right in. Sure. Let, I mean, I'm here. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's jump in. Tell me a little bit about your backstory. Um, we're going to, we got tons of questions, right? Tons of things I know we're going to walk through, right? But tell me a little bit about your backstory. Um, I'm like, where do I start? There's so much stuff. <laughs> um, so I am a Chicago native, but living currently in Austin, Texas. So I was born and raised in Chicago, a little uh, town called Aurora. So about 30 minutes outside of Chicago, been in Austin, Texas for about 10 years. And even how, you know, my, my life has been full of kind of trauma, tragedy, which is, you know, a little sad, but at the end of the day, you know, the Lord works everything out for our good. So I um, lost my mother very early on in my life. I was 14 years old and I lost her to a um, stroke and an aneurysm. And so I was left with my dad and my brother. Um, and then that was in way back in 95. And then I ended up losing my brother. He was um, murdered in wow. 2014. And then I just lost my father in 2018. So, um, you know, it's just been a culmination of, of things, right? And um, even how I came to Austin, I, I left very quickly um, due to domestic violence. I just up and left. Literally, like, packed me and my son in a car. My daughter stayed behind for a little bit and packed my car and drove 18 hours all the way here. It was that type of situation where I had to... I had to get out and I had to get out fast. And so I've been here for 10 years. I love it here. Um, it's a little different. It's a little slower than Chicago, but yeah. I like it. It's a good place to raise my kids. So yeah. um, I've been here kind of hanging out. And so I always knew what my purpose was because I, I was very, I'm a believer of if you go through, you know, similar situations continuously, that's attached to your purpose. Like God's trying to get yeah. your attention. So 
Um, I knew very early on that I would be dealing with people and their grief and helping them get through it because that's how my life started very early. So, yeah. Wow. 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 Um, so (laughs) it's a lot there. It's a a lot to take in, you know, uh, especially looking at you today and you being such a bold woman, such a strong woman. And of course we all know that there on the outside, we see one thing and inside there's been so many things that you've dealt with. Um, but as women, you know, we, we often fight, you know, we often fight to be bold and especially through all the trauma and experiences that we have and that we face because it, it, it really legitimately is a weight on us. And sometimes that weight we try to snatch away our hope. It tries to snatch away our confidence. Right. Yeah. Listen. So, <laughs> yeah, it, it really does. It does. And so to see you today um, and knowing a, a bit of your backstory about, you know, the, the abuse and, you know, even you being a survivor of that and uh, amongst other things. What, you know, how can, how have you continued to persevere in faith during the battles of, of abuse? And some of the other things you also mentioned, you know, before, before, you know, today of you surviving. Um, really, honestly, it's God, right? So even before I knew I was raised Catholic, which is completely different than where I, I am right now, faith-wise. <laughs> um, and so it's not that I didn't know that God existed, right? But that faith walk and Catholicism is completely different than Christianity, yeah. right? And um, so I will say that it was the hand of God, literally, because even when I was putting myself in, in situations and doing whatever I wanted to do, operating out of hurt or grief or just whatever I thought, whatever my emotions told me to do, I was literally doing that. Like, this yeah. is what I feel like. So if I feel like drinking, if I feel like smoking, if whatever it is that I felt like I wanted to do, that's what I was going to do. And it wasn't until about, um, I really got saved, if you will, in, in 2003, my daughter was three. And I just kind of was like, I've got something, ha- like something different needs to take place. Yeah. And I was 23 at the time and I was like partying, like I was living my best life at 23. <laughs> and, but I knew that something needed to shift. And um, so then I got, you know, heavily involved in my church then and was kind of doing things. And then I fell off, but I always keep coming back. Like if sure. I would fall off, something would happen and I would be like, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. I was very much getting in my own way. And then I would God would bring me right back. Like he would show me every time that he was faithful, he would bring me right back and be mm-hmm. like, I'm sparing you from this. So I've watched my life flash before my eyes way too many times, wow. more than I can count. Yeah. And so I really just know that it's him. You know, when you just know it's nothing that you've really done or it's really not audible or it's nothing like yeah. no one wrote it down. No one really like was on a yeah. megaphone. It's like Amber, the Lord is trying to keep you from this. It really was the grace. It really was his mercy that every day I would wake up and be like, I need to do something else. He spared my life countless of times. And so nobody else can do that. <laughs> but him. For sure. And I, and I have to agree with you. You know, when you know that it's him pulling on you and when you know it's him whose hand is on you that's snatching you out of those pits, you know, you just know, you know, I'm not saying mm-hmm. that God doesn't do that for everybody, but you know that there's a, a, a specific calling attached to it, you know, so to speak. And so, right. wow, that's amazing. So would you say like with what you, you mentioned being uh, put out of abuse or him protecting you from abuse, you know, what was that abuse like that you, that you were able to get out of to the point that Ooh. you now you left, you drove 18 hours out of Chicago to Austin, Texas. 
And I, again, that my upbringing was very um, chaotic, if you will. Yeah. And so when you grow up a certain way, you think that that's what life is like. You think that's what love is like. If y'all aren't fussing and fighting, then, you know, that's not love. And so I very much would date those type of people. You know, they say you date kind of who your father is like, if you will. And even though my dad was a great man, he raised us how he thought he was supposed to. Yeah. which I don't agree with, right? Like, yeah. if we had time for all of that, you'd be like, that's so weird. Why would you? But again, it, it was what he thought was best for us and what he seen being done. So I learned that as an adult, that he gave us what he could, but that also right. led me down a path of my own destruction and what I thought love looked like. And so it was very toxic. Yeah. It was um, a lot of emotional abuse. Uh, it was more of that because we, it was my son's father and we lived about 30 minutes from each other. So it wasn't that he could be in direct, um, contact with me, if you will. He wouldn't drive 30 minutes, but one day he got bold enough to do so. Like I thought I had it hidden where, um, he wouldn't know where I lived. And one day I would lose windshield wipers off my car. Oh, wow. My car would be egged. And I'm like, who knows where I live that would want to, what's happening? Yeah. Well, he found out where I lived and it was quickly like, and he would call and threaten me. Like I pressed charges against him for harassment because he would call back to back to back and just, I'm going to kill you. Just wait until I see you. Like just, and he would just be doing all of these things. And I was like, and so I finally was putting it together. Like no one else I've lived in this town forever. I've never had this happen. And it was a string of events that took place with my son and he tried to keep him and I wanted to go. I took a friend with me to to go get him. And he basically was like hiding, like he was trying to keep him. So he was upset about that. The next set of events took place where he was doing things to my car. And I literally moved from my apartment that I had moved into like three months prior. When I say I moved out, like somebody could have just moved right into my apartment. I had to leave everything behind. And I moved to my cousin's house and I was there for about a week before I had a job opening here and just left. But again, I had been with this man for four years at this point on and on. And that's just what we would do. We would argue, we would fight. And I thought it was normal. You thought it was normal. The dysfunction became your reality. Yeah. Yeah. After you sit back and you're able to really analyze that, like, why do I think that that even you can hear other people's stories or watch movies or do whatever you like, girl, you don't got to put it that even. Right. Until it's your reality. And then you're like, you're walking in and you're like, wait a minute. And then you look back in hindsight, like, what what was I thinking? What was I thinking? Right. So how (laughs) you say what? Being trapped. Being Being trapped. Absolutely trapped. Yeah. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it, and and the reality is is that I think more people it's easy it's easier for more people to be trapped than they think, you know, especially yeah. when you love and, and dysfunction, and then you there's just the way you grew up, what you know, that familiar place becomes, you know, it becomes what you walk out each and every day, you know. Yeah. So, so 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 how did you? We I, I'm going to move on from the abuse because there's so much to your story that I want to work out. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> it's so much, but how did you? You, you you ran away, you, you got away, well, not ran away, but you left, you got out of the, that situation. How did you, what was the healing process like? You know, because you, there was some, obviously a lot of roots that you had to uproot. There were a lot of things that you had to tear down because, you know, the, those things that were your reality really was a falsehood. You know, was 
it wasn't real to you. It wasn't really who Amber is. It really, it wasn't what God really truly had for you. So how did you begin to heal through that process? Um, and I think that's going to be important for some other, somebody on the other line of this to know. So I, to it, was, it was not an easy feat at all. Like I, it took a very long time. Like I, even though I left in this, I have a sister here in, in her family, her husband and children, and that was it. And so it wasn't like I got here and was like, okay, this is my fresh start and I'm going to move forward. Like I wasn't very concrete for me because again, I was walking away from everything that I knew yeah. and it still was very painful. Like it took, I, I don't want to be that person. Like all of a sudden, miraculously, I was fine. Like no, I had to make a decision. Like yeah. it was, it was a conversation with me. It was Amber, you're, you're now in your, your thirties. What are you going to do? Like, are you going to allow God to step in? Because again, it was very much me just being in my own way and being stubborn and not wanting to, wanting to be in both places, wanted to be right. blessed by God, but still want to hang out and kick it and do whatever I want to do. Right. <laughs> and so it wasn't until I was able to make a decision and I found a church home. Like, so I, I started going somewhere, but it was very much one of those like, motivational speaker type of mm -hmm. churches as opposed to where I was really feeling like the move of God. And so even though I was making those baby steps, that was still critical to the very beginning of it. Yeah. And I was able to, you know, spend time, really learn how to, how to pray because I wasn't a prayer warrior, if you will. Mm -hmm. Like, I just know I'd be like, Lord, I need your help. Like they'd be very short, but it wasn't that I was spending an, like a whole lot of time with God. Right. So it was those baby steps that I was realizing who I was because I, I never knew my identity. I didn't know who I was. And the more that I spent time with him and reading and praying and really being intentional about my own healing, that I was like, okay, I'm one foot in front of the other. Okay, yeah. this is what we're doing. And then he'd, he'd bless me along the way and be like, see, I told you I got you. And I'd yeah. be like, oh. Yeah. Okay. This is kind of working out. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting you said that because I think some I, I think sometimes on the other end, so many people think they see us, they see where you are right now, mm -hmm. and they just think that that's where you are. They don't they don't Ooh. see all the steps that <laughs> that you had to take Ooh. along the way. You know, they're comparing my. They might be comparing their their chapter one to your thirty five, and that puts them in this place of comparison where they want to give up. So I think it's really important to talk about those small steps and how God uses those small things to turn them into great yeah. things. Right. Absolutely. Um, so, so that's amazing. Um, you also, excuse me, you also mentioned uh, about your, you know, so how, how, man, how, how pivotal was it for you to understand your identity for you to get to where you are right now? Oh, <laughs> very. Um, I would not, I wouldn't be on this with you right now if yeah. I didn't know, well, it's still, um, even up until I'll probably say a year ago, yeah. was still very much like, I know who I am, maybe I don't. Like every time that I was in a yeah. situation, I would then question who I thought God told me who I was, right? I'd yeah. be like, but you said this is who I am, but this situation is not lining up with right. what you, who you call right. me, to, who you say I am. So it was very much of, I'd be... And I don't want to say up here, like I felt I've arrived, but I felt like, okay, I can breathe again. I kind of know what yeah. I'm doing. I'm mm -hmm. moving forward and something would happen and I'd be kicked back down and it was literally like starting over and then I'd fall yeah. back. And, but I think now it is, is when I'm, I'm in storms or I go through situations, it's 
before I would take it at so personal, I'd be like, the God, you, you hate me, or I'm just yeah. doing everything wrong. And it's not now I've learned, okay, Amber, you're going through these things because you have to learn something. It's a part of your story. You're going to be able to help somebody else is my take on it now, where before I didn't know who I was, or I thought yeah. I did. And I didn't know it was a very yeah. much like a back and forth situation, but there, there'd be no way I'd be sitting here or standing at all. If I didn't figure out that my true identity and be able to stand on that. For, for sure. It was a, it, it was like, it was a part of his perfecting plan. And it takes me to the scripture that he who begins a great work, you know, is faithful to finish the work. Yes. So that perfecting, we we're never perfect. We're never going to be perfect. So if he no. starts a, a plan and he's perfecting that perfection plan is always constantly going, right. He's always taking us from glory to glory and faith to faith. He's always constantly perfecting us. And so sometimes that might feel like we have to take a step back for mm-hmm. him to get us back to where we're supposed to be. And I think that's so important because most most people, and I, I know you can attest to this, think, like you just said, that the process is punishment. And mm-hmm. it's not, right? It's not, it's right. not, it's not. And that takes maturity to learn that, right? Yeah. You have to yeah. live a little while to realize that that isn't yeah. what's happening. Like, he he's a God of faithfulness. Like, he loves us. Why would he purposely want to hurt us, right? Unless there's, there, it's all a part of his plan. And until you're you're mature enough in your faith, I think until you're mature enough in who he's called you to be and what your your purpose is. Because if you if you're walking around and you don't know your purpose, then absolutely it feels yeah. personal. It feels like, well, I don't want to serve this God. Like, what are we doing? Right, right, <laughs> right, right. It, it does. You're right. It's it's a maturing factor. You know, you have to read the word and have to know the word, and and that's what the word is for. It's, it's to show us which is this 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 whole series is Boulder Woman speaks. It's to show what experiences people go through to know that you're not on a boat alone you're not on an island alone right you know? right that Absolutely. level of maturity gets you to that place where you can grab it and, and grab hold of it like okay god okay. i mean we we walking this thing out okay side by side okay you're, side you're with side. me that's right Absolutely. that's right so okay so you went so you had your abuse and i know you mentioned it was a very narcissistic relationship but in the midst of that you also were diagnosed with breast cancer breast cancer so what was that yeah I I know like that's like a whole punch right like what was that like to um it was very multifaceted if you will there are uh, several different things taking place at one time like you're saying I was I was married to a narcissist at the time Mm -hmm. and going through such a um what could be a terminal disease um, those two don't go well together. <laughs> I'm like, those, those things don't work out well. And so while I was trying to be focused on me and healing and not being distracted, because no one in my family, my um, grandmother, my maternal grandmother died from non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, but wow. that was the only type of, and I was 10 at the time. So no one else has died of, of cancer, had cancer. I, I did not know how that worked. I, I Again, at this point, I didn't have parents because my dad had passed away previously. I was diagnosed in 2019. And so I didn't know what I was doing, who was going to like, I'm a grown adult and I am like feeling very much like a kid in this moment because I don't have any, your partner is supposed to be that person, right? That you're like, we're walking this thing out and we're going to figure it out together and whatever you're going through, we're in this together. And it was complete opposite of that. And so I was very much navigating through my health situation, 
by myself and yeah. with a couple um, key people in my life, I, my best friend and a cousin who I call, she's more like a sister, but they live in Illinois. And so right. it was very difficult to try to figure out, you know, how to be in this like present, right? Like, okay, should I do this type of treatment? Should I, am I going to do this surgery? What kind of surgery? I was thinking of myself, but not thinking of myself because I was concerned about how that would affect my husband. He was at the time, he was very much image orientated and everything had to look good and do all these things. And so while I was trying to be, should be focused on me and staying alive, I very yeah. much was worried about what he was thinking. And it was, it, it was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> it was absolutely terrible. Well, so you said you were think you were trying to think about how to be there for him or how that image would look for him. How was that molding though? How how did the, how how did you get molded into that type of mindset that you weren't when that when when the time came where you needed to be thinking about you like it was the most critical time of your life? How did that molding happen to where you're now just thinking about him? I think um, I so the way I grew up, I was and again living in in such a a violent place in a chaotic place. Um, I had a very hard exterior. Yeah. So. Before I really knew Jesus, I oh I was a fighter and I would I would cut you with my words and not think twice and, and move <laughs> yeah. on. Yeah. And so I didn't understand like I needed a, a balance, a medium place for that. So I was either one way or another. And so I got very to the uh, to the extreme of everything's fine, very kind of passive. And um, I was older than him. I have children already. He didn't have children. Well, he had one son and it was just very much, I knew, you know, everything on the outside needed to be perfect and we could never look like what we were going through. We could, and that was just kind of implicated. That's just how he kind of ran his life. And, and so I adapted very much to that and wanted to just whatever he wanted, right. Whatever he wanted to do. I'm his wife. I got to be there for him. Um, we were in ministry together, so it's very much like you're submitted to your husband, right? right. And mm -hmm. even though it wasn't um, you'll bow down to me, like those words won't, weren't spoken, but it's just the way that we, how life played out for us, it had to be. So I made the decision about having a mastectomy and only choosing a unilateral mastectomy because I only had breast cancer in my left breast instead of choosing a double because I still wanted some normalcy and I didn't yeah. want that to affect him or for him not to find me attractive. Yeah. And it was very much like, well, what is he going to think about me? Like I really went through a self-esteem issue because I was like, he doesn't like this. He likes things a certain way. He likes me to look a certain way. All these things is what was at the forefront. And then it was me after that was like, Amber, yeah. you, you've got to survive. You have to worry about, you could die. Like if you yeah. don't take it seriously and instead of being able to have those conversations with him to be like, okay, well, this is what the doctor is saying. He would be at the doctor's appointments and not present. Wow. Wow. And so I just, it, it was very difficult to try to do that and be married to somebody who is not capable of empathy, compassion, sympathy. Right. Those are, are characteristics that right. he lacked. Right. Absolutely. Wow. <laughs> it, it sounds and it sounds crazy. But yet again, here you are, you know, and I can only imagine just the, the layers that just had to be peeled, all the layers, uh, all the layers, you know, all the, the, all the all the all the hardness that probably grew in your heart just for 
just in life, you know, you went through, you had dysfunctional family, you had chaos in your family that, that shaped you into this place of dealing in abusive, being in abusive relationships. You dealt with mm-hmm. narcissism in marriage, you dealt with cancer. And I mean, anybody for real in real life, in our human ways, we, in our carnality, want to say, God, I'm just, I'm done. Right. I'm Listen. done. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? But yet here you are. Um, and that takes, that takes boldness, you know, because boldness is all about faith. It's all about being having the courage right. to, you know, mm-hmm. to trust and to move forward, um, and and to take all those experiences and allow God to make something out of them, right? Because He His word says that He takes <laughs> he, he everything works together for the good, right? Right. So love Him. How did you get like the courage? I mean, you've done you went through all of that, and to to now advocate for women because that's another thing you're you're, you're advocating. I'm, I want to get to that. Um, and you're also a chaplain. How did you, that, that takes love to be able to serve in that place. It takes love and to do it with the right motive. Tell me how you got to that process or how you got there. Um, God really allowed me to see that this is not what he had planned. Like this, wasn't the design that he had in mind for my life and that these things weren't my fault. Like how people, people's own characteristics, their own personality is on them. Yeah. And I can be very hard on myself and it'll be like, well, what did I do wrong? Or I didn't do this. And that's just probably from my upbringing and always feeling that way. But when he was like, this is not on you. Right. Right. Like, yes, you have to take responsibility for the part that you played in it. You've got that down. But then everything else is on the other person. And so you can walk through that. Like, let me begin to do that for you to be able to let you see that. Not even necessarily, I won't say a poor judge of character, but when people are manipulative at heart, when people are, when they prey on people and their weaknesses, this is how you get caught up in that. So it looks one way in the beginning, right? Because that's what narcissists do. They, it's, everything's great in the beginning and perfect and they know everything and everything that they know about you is what they play to. Mm-hmm. And so that was very much, you know, that hindsight 2020 type of thing, right? When you look back and it was very strategic and it was very like, like I could make a list of how it, how our relationship played out. And that's just where I went to God. Like, I think being, being honest about where I was in, in the moment to be like, how did I get here? What did I miss? Mm-hmm. Help help me with my discernment. Give me wisdom. Give me more knowledge so that yeah. people can't take advantage of me anymore. Like, let yeah. me stop thinking. I was very much a, okay, everybody, I'm, I'm trusting until I'm not, right? Until you do yeah. something. And then I kind of had to not necessarily tweak it where I don't want to trust people, but let me just feel them out a little more. So that's where that discernment really yeah. being keen What's on that, that? Yes, I needed it because I was like, he played to the disadvantages in my life and I allowed it to happen, but it was structured in such a way that it felt like love. It felt like yeah. he was really there for me and it was the complete opposite. Yeah. And so, you know how the, people have said they'll send the counterfeit before the real blessing, yeah, right? For sure. It was absolutely <laughs> the counterfeit. It looked, it was, listen. It looked like the, it looked it like It was like, okay, yeah. checking off boxes. Like, <laughs> yeah. this works, this works, and then no, it was definitely a plan, but it was not, it was not God's plan. But to yeah. be being honest with myself and in front of God, cause he knows all things. Right. And it was just like, 
how did I get here and how do I get out of this? Like right. for me and healing, like, cause I can't stay stuck here. I, sure. I need to be able to move forward because again, I find myself in this situation. So who am I going to help? Who are you sending to me to be able to be what they need? And you can be able to speak through me to be, to be able to help them. That's right. That's right. So you, you, you went through, uh, <laughs> You went through every opposition. You went through, you, 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 you did the self-work. You did the inner work so that you wouldn't get back to that place again. You took all those things and, and didn't harbor onto it so that you're not now not living a life of bitterness and unforgiveness is what it right. sounds like. Right. <laughs> and now you're like, okay, God, now how are you going to use it? How are you going to use it? So how are you using it now? Like, how are you advocating for other women? Um, so I am a... Um... We kind of left out a piece. I don't know if I'm going to slide this in here somehow. Slide it on in. <laughs> um, I, um, so a situation took place during the pandemic and um, that was kind of my breaking point. Um, I was sexually assaulted by my ex-husband. Okay. And I was like, what are we doing? Like it, it, to not be graphic and not go through a whole thing, it was absolutely terrible. It was absolutely terrifying. I had no, I did not see it coming. It, it just was, it was crazy. And I like stopped everything. Like at the low, I've never thought, I thought before I was at the lowest points that I've ever been in life, but this, this was a whole new low. Because yeah. again, I thought I had done the work. I thought I was at a different position in my life. So I was already advocating for um, breast cancer patients and, you know, just do, I've, I've, God's naturally gifted me to be able to talk to people and counsel them. That's yeah. why I chose the degree that I have to be a psychologist and do these things because that's what I was already naturally gifted to do. So I was already helping women and partnering with um, this place called Breast Cancer Resource Center, volunteering with them. Anybody that I knew, you know, that was going through a similar situation and particularly us women of color, there's a different way that we need to be treated and learn how to advocate for ourselves. So mm -hmm. I was very much already kind of doing that, but not necessarily, I wasn't advertising like, Hey, this is what I do. God would just bring yeah. people to me. And then I got to this particular situation and was like, I don't want to help these type of people. So this can't be why you brought me through this. Like, I don't even know where to, where to begin with this. Like, what Ooh. do we do? How do I get here? And that was a very hard stop for me. I was like, Lord, okay. We've been through all kinds of things and you brought me, you told me that you would heal me for breast cancer and you did. Mm -hmm. And then here we are. This yeah. can't, this can't be, but he, he absolutely in a, this was probably my shortest healing time, which was kind of weird for me because I know people are judgmental. That's just how they are. And of course, of course. I felt like, well, am I already through, through this? Like we're, we were, a part of a different ministry and that it, it, how it shaped out, how trying to get help, trying to tell people what happened was not a thing. You will not talk about this. You will not tell yeah. anyone that yeah. this happened to you because it's going to look a certain sweep way. It, sweep so, it under the rug. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like this is the secret and it won't leave out. And so even while I was trying to get my leadership's help and to do like, I was trying to get every help that I could get from the people that I thought loved me and knew me and cared about me and every door was closing. Wow. And so I went through um, what's called EMDR therapy. It's a trauma therapy and it's very intense. And that allows for um, 
it allows for some pretty quick healing because it's very in your face. It's very much, this yeah. is your, this is what you're dealing with. So that, and me just being like, God, if you don't bring me out of this, I'm not strong enough to do it myself. That's like, it. I, I quit. It. Like, I it. absolutely quit and was like, yeah. I, and so then the opportunity came um, because of the resources that were provided um, to me being a rape victim. I I found it. I was like, yeah. oh, now you okay. Can. The light came like, on. Okay, yeah. here we. I was like, well, <laughs> here we go. And so every yeah. time when my, my when my focus is able to shift on somebody else and how I can help them, yeah. then mm-hmm. it's easier for me to get out of out of it for myself because I'm like, okay, how do I use this experience to be able to help somebody else? So I did that. I became a um, sexual assault victim advocate to be able to help women walk through that process. We have resources here where you can um, direct them to where they need to go. And being that I was married at the time, that is not something that people think happens for um, sure. in your relationships because they're like, you're in a relationship with this person. And particularly, especially a marriage, especially a marriage being a Christian and in ministry. It's like, your body belongs to your husband. Yes and no. Yes and no. Yes <laughs> like and no. There, there are still boundaries <laughs> that need to be respected. Sure. There are things that still need to take place and... I just was like, this, this can't be a thing. I was like, what is going on? Like this, and there's so many women I know that are dealing with the same type of thing because they're with their partner. And it, yeah. and it's unfortunate that it's really in, in ministry where I find women are, are abused a lot and are not getting the support that they need. Yeah. One, pastors are not always trained to know how to handle traumatic situations and especially rape because it's such when the family is going you know all a part of the congregation the pastor find pastors will find themselves in a you know right in the middle of that yeah and to either know to outsource you know to send them somewhere else so they're not handling it or even knowing the correct things to say immediately if someone comes to you with those type of traumatic situations they don't unless they've been through a training they're not equipped to be able to handle and if you mishandle it from the beginning, like it was mm-hmm. mishandled with me from the beginning, you can ruin someone's life. For sure. You, I For was sure. absolutely questioning everything I thought, everything I knew. I questioned God. I questioned the leadership that he had me attached to. Like, what are we? It, it, it's a different dynamic. And when people aren't supported in such a traumatic situation as domestic violence or sexual assault, rape, those type of things, and you're in a marriage yeah. It, yeah, it's a whole nother world that you are not strong enough to be able to get yourself out of. Out of you yeah. alone can't can't do that. Right, right, and and that goes to what I was I was thinking that you know even in your weakness, God was made strong. You know, in in some of those Listen. lowest moments, those lowest Absolutely. moments, and and He used He just oh He allowed all of those experiences, especially the experience of you being sexually assaulted by your husband to be a door, you know, it was, you became a gateway, um, uh, for others, you know, now, now that you experienced it, you know, you dealt with what went on in the church and in ministry, and now you know what is needed to add, you know, to ministry, uh, so that they can create a space, a safe space. So it can be a place of refuge for those who are abused so that, you don't go and turn to church hurt. And so that I, and so it's very clear, right? That God used right. you, you know, he used what, what the enemy could have used right against you, you to, for something that was good. Because if, if he did not, we could have, there, this could have be a whole nother story, right? It could be, right. <laughs> we wouldn't, be there, whole, you, 
I wouldn't know you. You wouldn't know yeah, me. Yeah, I would, wouldn't exactly. It, exactly. This would be a whole <laughs> different story. And so it's just remarkable to see that, one, you're a beacon of hope, right? You're a beacon of hope. And also, you are an, your gateway. Your gateway to allow God to use you as the right. bridge between, you know, just the re- regular individual person in the, in, in church ministry to ha- to get the help that they need. And so I just right. honestly find that amazing. Um, I do want to ask you, you know, for for anyone that might be dealing with, uh, I mean, I, you've, you've gone through stuff. You've dealt with so much and there's so much to unpack and there's so much to highlight. Uh, you got a whole highlight reel here. But from a person who did go through abuse in a marriage, right, and, and narcissism and those types of things, what are what are the key ways to one understand that you're going through it or what you're dealing with and two how to set up those boundaries and three if you need to run or you need to get out or it's time to bring somebody in um i would definitely say you know it's those red flags that we see and then we're like no it'll be fine he just he'll change or she'll change right because it can be either i don't I'm not that person that like abuse only happens to women, right? Or yeah. even rape only happens to women or only men are narcissistic. That's not true. This yeah. is, this can go either way. That's right. And um, <laughs> I, I would definitely, how I kind of work that through me, I can just only use me as an example really mm-hmm. is listening right to the Holy spirit, especially if, if you know, God, you know, when things yeah. are not right, you know, he, he'll give it to you. And to be able to, have a support system. So you have to know who's in your corner. Um, I don't think that you can outside of God, right? Because that that's first and foremost, that'll always be the number one source. But then he gives us the people, the correct people in our lives to know, to be like, Hey, you know, can I talk to you about this? Or can I tell you about it? And be able to bounce those things off and have the support. Because if I didn't, I would have had to stay, you know, in my house with my ex-husband yeah. if I didn't have anywhere to go. And so I would say having a support system, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. You have to be able, we're, we're now in a time, right, where we're kind of openly talking about mental health, right? And it's kind of, it's safe. It's cool now. It's part of the culture. It's a a cool thing, right? I, I'm, I say all the time, Jesus and therapy. Okay. Like it's, it's so coffee is in there too, but Jesus and therapy. (laughs) Right. Um, You have to be able to know what's going on. And if you are in a situation, right, I'm never an advocate that's going to say divorce your husband, right? Like mm-hmm. I don't get in people's business enough to be like whether they should stay or go. Yeah. But yeah. the Bible talks to you about, you don't, that is one way that you can, it's okay to have a divorce, right? As if you're, you're being abused, but you definitely have to reach out and let somebody know what's going on. We have so many resources. Um, we here in Austin, there's things called there's a place called Safe. There's another one called Hope Alliance, where those are those anonymous tip lines. Those are those things where you can call in hotline and yeah. say, "This is what I'm going through," and they are able to be like, "We can get you out of your house." You have to yeah. be able to know really a trusted person to be able to know those resources for you so that you can go. So if you're still having to stay in your home and you're working on an exit plan, you definitely have to have an exit plan. You've got to be like, okay, so if this happens again, what, what are my next steps? Particularly if you have children involved, you need to be able to have a plan and there's a way to lock things in your phone. Like you've got to have hiding spots, right? Like you've be able to hide things, be able to, um, everybody's watched what's love got to do with it. Right. And you've just got to start putting money to the side. You've got to be strategic, but 
without God's guidance, you don't know how to really make a plan. So I would definitely be seeking God to be like, okay, I know that you don't, this is not what you have for me. So how do I get out of this? Right? Like I'm very much like, Lord, I need a plan. I need your direction. I need clarity. I need you to tell me what I'm going to be doing because it is some people's situations are, are life or death. Um, for sure. You have to know your police department. Um, a lot of them have victim advocate or victims unit. Um, here in Travis County, they particularly have that. So if there is, if you're in an area that has those type of resources, there are your go-to. All of these websites have, you know, where you can hit exit and something else comes up on the screen. It's not in your search history. Um, or people that know me, you know, there I people get referred to me because they know what I do. Some of them know what I've been through to be able to know, because you've got to build up your strength and your confidence to be able to carry out a situation whether you're leaving or and to know if you need to leave again I think is between you and God like you've got to know what your situation is and realize where this person is I'll be 100% honest with you if a person is narcissistic you should leave they're not going to change they don't they don't have the capacity so that's that's the thing about them people even trying to take it so personally, it's really, they're in a fantasy world. They, they've been through their own traumatic experience that's caused them to be in this fantasy world, and they don't see outside of that. So they're very incapable of not being able to do a lot of things that we think are just rational. Like, right. Like common sense is not common for them. And <laughs> wanting yeah. to, you know, hoping that your partner will change First of all, they've got to get to the point where they think it's a problem. And so narcissists don't think that they have a problem. So they don't think they have a problem. Them going to counseling is probably not going to happen. And then if they're in counseling, them doing the work to want to change, there's like less than 1% that that really takes place. So unless, you know, unless your person is going to be willing to do the work, it's kind of up to you. What's what's your safety is important. If you have yeah. children, children what, are important. Like, what is your livelihood? Like, like, what do you want for your life at the end of the day, right? Like, and you've you got to be able to be. You know, we not necessarily an independent woman because I'm I'm remarried and he's great. That's a whole nother story. <laughs> I'm like, but we. I need him, right? First of all, he's six two, so he can do. I'm only five two. I need. He okay. needs to be able to do some things. Okay, I can't reach things, <laughs> right. but. Um, you've got to be able to have something of your own, right? Like a business, a work, even if you only work part-time, even being a stay-at-home mom is something. But if I, I literally left and had nothing yeah, because I was recovering from a surgery. I was on, on 60% disability and I walked away with a car. Wow. Like, and, and, and clothes. So you've got to be able to have Something that if anything were to happen, even if they were to just pass away and it wasn't an abusive yep. situation, you've got to be able to have something to fall back, back on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that takes a bold woman. All right. That takes a very bold woman to say, I got to go and I got to get out of here. So, wow. Right. Wow, wow, wow. So, okay. Uh, where where can, if, if someone wants to reach out to you, if they want to mm-hmm. uh, be able to connect with you, if they're going through some of these things, these experiences, I mean, from chaos dysfunction to anything that you've that you've talked about today that we know you advocate for right and god has pivoted mm-hmm. we, we've seen the pivot Ooh. but okay. you're, still, you're still in that same vein of just advocating and just counseling uh, uh women 
how can they reach out to you? Sure. So I have a email address. It's super confidential. Um, so they can leave things anonymously. They can fill out a form, but it's freedom, um, dot counseling 22 at gmail.com. My Facebook page is my personal page, but people inbox me anyway, which I'm just Amber Hanley on Facebook. Okay. Um, I'm Amber underscore Hanley and the number eight on Instagram. Um, but you can find me all the ways. <laughs> <laughs> But to be able wow. to reach out, um, again, everything is super confidential. I provide, if it's something that I don't do, I'm very, I know my lane, okay? That's and right. So <laughs> my lane is going to direct you to where you're best suited. You know, I'm not everybody's cup of tea or I'm not fitted with everybody. Yeah. And so if I feel like, you know, I can't service them or they're a better fit somewhere else, I have a ton of resources that I yeah. can send um, them on to someone who's better suited for them. Yeah. And that's, that's important. That's important to know. And Absolutely. it takes major integrity <laughs> to do that. Yes. Um, I don't think I, I don't want all the people. I don't, I don't think right. I can we, help everybody. We, I want who God, right. who God even, sends me, the clients. Even Jesus that God he couldn't handle everybody, right? <laughs> yes. Absolutely. <laughs> right. Wow. Wow. I don't even know what to say. All I can say <laughs> is thank you for standing up. Thank you for walking in your truth. Thank you for being a bold woman. Thank you for speaking out about it. It takes, Ooh. it takes great boldness to stand up and say, I'm going to tell my truth. I'm going to walk in it authentically because while it, it may have shattered you while it may have broke you, you know, it was through those very things that God was able to refine you. So, so Amber, thank you. Thank you so much for, oh, thank you. Yes, yes. Thank you for serving the, 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 the kingdom in this way, um, because speaking up and just being a walking, living epistle is, is, is what we, that's what we're here for. So yes. thank you so much. Wow. Um, right. Well, I'll just say to God be the glory, of course, cause there's the, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be doing any of this talking about any of this. If yeah. it wasn't for him, I don't, I don't take any credit for it. I really am just kind of like, whatever you want to do, we we're doing that's it. it. So that's it. Just we yield to him and say, him. whatever you want. That's right. Absolutely. That's right. Wow. Well, thank you, Amber, so much thank for coming you. on the show. I appreciate you so much. I pray that we stay connected. Absolutely. Uh, and you guys, you, she got you, she gave your email. Uh, you can again reach her at Amber Hanley on Facebook. Uh, and it's Amber Hanley underscore eight on. It's Amber underscore Hanley eight. At, 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 on Instagram. Okay. Mm -hmm. So yeah, follow her. She's an amazing woman of God. She's powerful. She's bold. And she's speaking her truth. Amen. So thank you, Amber. Mm -hmm. Thank you. thank you. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Again, if you love this show, if you if you if you sat and watched it all the way through, please leave your comments, please share, please subscribe to the channel. Um, and if you are even remotely dealing with anything like this, please reach out to domestic violence. Or if you just need somebody to talk to, reach out to Amber. Uh, you know, this a bolder woman speaks is all about uh, speaking our truth. It's about telling our testimonies because we know not only do we overcome by the word of our testimony, other people will overcome about the uh, over the word of our testimony as well. So bolder women, you know, we have to walk, we have to stand up, we have to walk authentically, we have to walk in our confidence, and we have to move with authority. And that's what makes a bolder woman. So I thank y'all for tuning in. Please be sure to uh, follow us on Facebook at a bolder woman. Follow us on Instagram at a bolder woman official. And also, again, subscribe to this channel. Um, and we also have a merch line. It's um, at a bolder woman.com. So, so get you some merch. Get you a shirt, a t-shirt, a coffee mug, or a journal. And listen, just continue to be bold. We love you.